previously, previously on the Game On Podcast. Of course, you didn't have you only played the so you played under Greg Anderson, Robert Pyman, Gary, of course, under John Cale and Clay Sampson. Uh, Robert Pyman was the one where you played a, played finals, the only finals appearance in two thousand and six, Benny. So it was a bit of a lean pickings in that sort of regard. Very tumultuous times. Uh, yeah, we've only played the one final series. We had Ron Fuller at the end of my career, yeah. uh, Gary Cameron, yep. the former Geelong Cat, and South Adelaide Panther. He, I think he took the reins for about four or five games there at some stage. So from John Cale, six, six coaches, I think it was. So yeah, yeah five or six. But um, no, it was great to be coached by Jack. I was a Port Adelaide a supporter as a kid, so really uh, idolised Jack and. He only lasted six games, which was uh, interesting. But so uh, we won. I think we won three of them and lost the next three, and then he was gone. So yeah, interesting times there. Oh, wow. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports, local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf. Baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete, and once again joined by Malcolm and... uh, yeah, Benny gave us some insights into, you know, the ever-evolving and revolving coaching merry-go-round that does happen at some clubs. Yeah, South Adelaide, certainly. You were never you were never in line for long service leave there. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, with like most teams, you know, stability is everything. And if you've got a coach that can hang around for a little while and hopefully um, keep the board out of the, the coaching area, it makes a big difference. Yeah, it's some clubs cook their own goose effectively beforehand. Yep. Around the Grounds. All right, mate, uh, we'll have a bit of a look at the AFL. We've got our top eight predictions today for the AFL. A little bit of SNFL news, Adelaide United in the soccer. But, mate, we're going to kick off with the cricket. Yeah, Australia did come back in the third test. I thought after losing the toss... (laughs) The uh, not yep. out off the first ball of the game and the first uh, an LBW yep. in the first two overs, yep. first three overs of the game, you thought, uh oh. And then all of a sudden, once the spinners came on, it turned square. Mm-hmm. Shocking wicket again. India did bat poorly. Yes. But yeah, it was very frustrating just how poor these pitches have been. When when they started to get, you know, 80, 90 ahead, you, you worried that it was going to be um, a little too much considering the pitch was deteriorate, but Travis Head was fantastic up the order and really took the game to them. It's an extraordinary game when you're chasing 76 and you're thinking the game's evenly poised now. And then getting a wicket uh, third ball, second yep. or third ball, you thought, oh, over. Yeah, they fought there for a while and then... Yeah, they swapped the ball over and Travis then uh, took to town. Yeah. Uh, I heard a little bit of a comment during the week at, um, from an Australian, ex-Australian player, do not drop Travis Head ever again. Well, I, I do hope he goes back in the middle order in England. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see him batting against Anderson and Broad with a Jukes ball straight I, up. I, I, I think that they've already flagged that, that he will come back down into the middle order and, um, you know, he's got such great value there. And I suppose in India now it's just... 
take a bit of a punt, try a couple of things that may work, may not work, and see how you go. Oh, look, too, he's a bit like Doug Walters. He can win you a test match. If he can win one test match a series, he's done his job. Yep. And that's where Ian, Ian always said about Doug, I want Doug in my side. Mm-hmm. And if he wins me one game, maybe two. We'll take Can't it. Can't ask for anything more. Absolutely. Do you think Steve Smith taking over the captaincy was a little bit of a, a, a good thing or a bad thing? I think it was a good thing. Mm. Look, and let's be fair too. I, you, uh, Cummins has probably had other things on his mind. That's understandable. And look, I think also uh, Steve Smith or, or someone in the Australian setup, and it's amazing it's taken this long, discovered a, a loophole in the referral. Yes, the DRS, yep. So Kerry kept taking the bails off, no matter where the batsman was. There was one ball he took where both both feet were behind the line. And I'm thinking, geez, Alex, what are you doing? Then I see Steve Smith going to the, you know, the, the appealing for mm-hmm. the stumping. Now, really poor umpire. And the umpire just should have gone not out. Mm-hmm. No, he referred it above. Everything get, then gets referred, and it turned out it was caught behind. Mm-hmm. And Australia didn't lose. You know, they didn't risk right. losing a review out of it. So it was actually it's smart no, thinking, knowing the rules, but a loophole. Yeah. yeah. Knowing the rules, yeah. Um, I just, I just felt that Steve Smith was just a little bit uh, calming influence and just gave them a bit of stability with with things going on on the ground. And you know, the the wicket wasn't exactly playing friendly, so you had to do something a little bit different. And I just think he handled it very, very well. Probably a bit more proactive. And let's mm. not forget, back in that second test, we had him um, yeah. seven for one hundred and sixty. So if we bowled them out for one hundred and eighty to one hundred and ninety, then have the sixty to seventy odd lead on the first innings. That probably would have been enough. Yeah. So really, at the end of the day, it's almost a pass mark for for the trip to India at the moment on the basis of uh, their performance. I'd probably say the selectors got it a bit wrong, certainly right from the get go. Oh, but and, they've made up for it. And the lack of warm up games. That's yeah. something which I'm just still. I will go on about till. Till the cows stop eating grass. Yep, absolutely. Now, the fourth test has begun today, but this podcast will go out tomorrow, but we're currently sitting two for 75. Oh, just before lunch. Just before lunch on uh, day one. Um, yeah, interesting start to the to the game. Playing Ducks and Drakes a bit with the pitches again. Yeah. <laughs> two pitches prepared. Oh, and look, we were none for 60 up the first hour. Travis was away, got dropped an absolute soda on three. Mm-hmm. And he got to 32 or 44 balls and, yeah, yep. look, went hit over the top. That's the game he plays. Absolutely. Uh, he's, unfortunately, Travis is never a guy where you think he's in. It's not, you know, I watch Travis obviously bat all the time at Shield Games and you never just casually go to the canteen or the toilet and go, mm-hmm. like you did with Darren Lehman, knowing he'd still be batting when you came yep. back. Yep. Travis has never been like that. Yep. It's uh, feast or famine. Oh. A little bit. Yes. <laughs> Wajah well, currently on 27 off 93 balls and Steve Smith two off 17 at yep. the moment. So, um, yeah, look, I think if we can get off to a good start in day one and not play uh, some silly shots and, and give away our wickets too much, we could probably build a pretty good innings to, to bowl at. If we can get at least 250 to 280, they're right in the game. Absolutely. So trial game, trial, trial matches are fully done, mate. Yeah, the Anything? nine, yeah, nine games obviously played last weekend. So everyone got a, a trial game. There's a couple of internals the week before, and a couple of the trial games. We'll start with Adelaide and Port Adelaide. Uh, obviously, traveling traveling over to WA. I thought it was a pretty successful campaign from the Crows, considering that you know they they really need things to go their way a little bit. Look, they've shown a fair bit of promise. There's no doubt about that. I, Again, it's trial games. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but I think you've you've really got to back yourself to 
to start playing well early to give you confidence that you're doing the right things to for the match pl- uh, game plan for the coaches to, to sort of say, hey, this is what it looks like when you get it right. Especially a young side. If you, you play your first couple of trial games, you've got thumped in both. You know, like North Melbourne, mm-hmm. North Melbourne did with Western Bulldogs on the weekend. Yep, you probably do. Does knock the stuffing out. Where at least they they attack round one against um, GWS, GWS yep. with a fair bit of confidence. Absolutely, so, yeah. I just think that they're taking strides in the right direction. Now we go across the road to Port Adelaide, and yeah, strange preseason for them. They looked really sluggish against Frio on the weekend, and they weren't all that convincing against West Coast the week before either. And I know. You know, a couple of new players into the setup does change things a little bit, but yeah, they just seem like they're treading water a little bit at the moment. Probably the worrying, the mo- for me, the most worrying thing is yet again they had way more inside fifties than the opposition and lost. Mm-hmm. Now that was the common theme last year. Yeah, so they, it's not a problem getting the ball inside, but their connection structures weren't wide in that regard are still lacking. Look, Fantasia needs some footy. Let's yes. everyone remember yep. he's missed. He's missed. You know, he's missed over a year. So he needs footy. Rioli pulled out and didn't play. Mm-hmm. They probably need you know, him. So, look, I still think they're going to be around the mark. Yep. But they played Brisbane first up. It's, it's you know, the last thing they want to do is have a slow start yep. because, geez, Port supporters are carrying on like pork chops as it is, yep. you know, with, with Inkley. So, yep. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that one a little bit later in yep. our extra time big finish because yep. we, we've got to toss up on that one there. <laughs> Um, uh, Melbourne, I think, are quite impressive, and Brisbane are probably the other two yep. that have stood out. We talked last week about to practice match or trial match or not to trial match. Now, you talked about Port Adelaide there as a good example. Um, you know, they're in a different phase than, say, what the Crows are. Yes. So, you know, they're trying to get game time into some of their, their, their stars that they've recruited and try and get them into the system that, that they've got built there. If they don't have trial games... Does that put them in more risk or less risk of, of, you know, those first four or five games where they're still trying to figure it out a little bit? Yeah, it is a catch-22, and I and I understand the club's wanting it. I, just for me, it, it sort of feels like half the season's gone when you start the first game. At least it's only been two this time, yep. not three. So I do think that's a step in the right, mm-hmm. uh, right uh, direction. Yep. So, yeah, I can see both. But for me, Porter, Port, the question marks... Are in ruck. Yep. Well, I said hasn't answered that. Their back line a little bit. A key defender. Yep. And their connection. So of all the port question marks before the start of the year, yep. they haven't answered any of them. Yep. That's, that is a bit of a worry. That is a, that is a big worry for Port Adelaide. I totally agree. As I mentioned, Melbourne and uh, Brisbane seem to be the standouts as well. The Gorn and, and Grundy uh, combination seems to have worked pretty well, and, and Brisbane look like they've just tinkered with their game plan a little bit, that they're going a little bit faster, which I think is uh, going to serve them well. Yeah, well, you put Dunk, Dunkley and Ashcroft into that midfield, all of a sudden the ball's going your way another 30-odd times anyway. And so, then you've got Gunston who can yeah. take a grab as well and kick a goal. So I think Dunstan will actually be very important for getting people in the right spots. Yeah, I'm not sure Brisbane's had that in the last couple of years, a forward to... Yeah. Like Neville Roberts was brilliant. Yep. Neville Roberts could have a game where actually Neville Roberts struggled standing David Wildey overall, but don't dare think that he didn't. He didn't direct traffic. Ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit like Luke Hodge uh, in the, in the backline when Brisbane was yes. starting to build, he was very good at marshalling here and there, and and Campbell Brown did the same for Gold Coast. Hodges, there was a game Crows Crows Hawthorne, and Hodge was mic'd up. Now normally I'd sit there and go, that's blah. 
wah, 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 mm-hmm. Steve Mark, wah, wah, wah. But you were listening with intent. intent. Yeah, that was fascinating mm-hmm. that night, and he was brilliant. Yep. So Gunston brings that a little bit I to Brisbane, so. which I think, you know, especially with a pretty exciting forward line, um, that could really just elevate them and, and get those scores that they need to get them over the line. Well, it certainly – it just – Adds to their dimensions and their chances. Absolutely. Mate, the UG Playing Service had a concert on it a couple of nights ago. has come up not very good at all. Your thoughts on that one, mate? They're professional at replacing. They've got it down to a fine art. Yep. It'll be fine. Yep. I'm in the same boat. You sort of look at the pictures and go, I don't know, I don't know. But then you see the work that these guys do these days and – you know, they get a crew of guys in and, you know, two days later it's actually very, very good. So uh, it be very interesting, obviously, with the first match being played on Thursday night yep. next week. So um, we'll see how we go. And my last one on the AFL to start with tonight, mate, um, the MRO decision um, you Look, made mention to me a, a bit earlier. I'm bitterly disappointed that Cochin didn't get a game. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't work that out. Is it a bit of pr- protected species a little bit? It certainly seems that way. Yeah. Like he's got... It's incredible that he, the lack of action against him. For mine, that's just a game for stupidity. Mm. Don't worry about anything else. Just the common sense angle. Trent, don't be a bloody idiot. Yep. You can miss round one for being a dickhead, effectively. Yep. Yep. Now, I, I can't get over how, how so many people still can't understand the Jordan Dugowie tackle is a massive no-no. No, yep. It's... Any spear tackle, I'm all for going for it now. I'm I'm go for the benefit of the doubt against the person laying the tackle. Yep. But so many people have kept saying, "Oh no, it's a great tackle." No, yep. it wasn't. Yep. It's a shit house tackle. It was putrid. We can't live in yesteryear as no. far as that goes. No. Only because it's a very litigious society oh. at the moment, and in you know we can talk about this a little bit now. You know that the that the games really coming around concussion and, and really looking after players' health and safety because that is their workplace. It's it's exactly. it's not a part-time sport anymore. It's a professional sport, and that is their workplace. Not a kick and a catch. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it's dangerous. Absolutely. That that tackle is dangerous. Yeah. I, I think um, I'm, I'm all nice. for good tackles, don't get me wrong, yep. and I'm all for laying a hard, yep. solid tackle. But you do have to take a little bit more care these days, and I think – because we concentrate so much on the athleticism of a player, we talked a little bit about the kicking abilities that has dropped off a little bit in the last couple of years. It may come back. Um, it seems this year that that seems to be the trend, that the yep, skills true. are a little bit up at yep. the moment. So that seems to be it. I think you've got to get back to the days of where you actually are coaching tackling properly. Yes. Um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, even when I was playing 25 years ago, you know, you get a rugby guy that would come in and it's just hit this guy at a million miles an hour and bury him into the ground. You can't do that no, anymore. Those days are gone. Exactly Dugowie, right. You've got a duty of care. Yeah. Did Jordan Dugowie, uh display it in the first place with the, with the tackle? No, but he did let him go just in time. Yes. So that he did display the duty of care there. But overall, he still hasn't displayed a duty of care, which is the way it is written and governed now and the way... I'm yep. involved enough in the tribunal procedures mm-hmm. yep. with a club, as we know. And, yeah, it's it's a massive no-no. And so just on, lucky. Yeah, and just on that, you know, do the umpires actually go around to each club and give them vision yeah, on a, what they expect and what they obviously don't expect? Yeah, the AFL do a tape at the beginning right. of each year. Now that, that but do the umpires visit those clubs? Yeah, or is do. it just the umpire's no, boss that no, does that? 
They've been doing it a bit more this year, is my right. understanding, going around and umpiring trials and match stimulation and all that. Is that also part of the four umpiring? I think so, yeah. Okay, so yeah. a little bit more engagement from the yes. umpires as well. Yeah. Well, look, if they're giving them videos at the beginning of the year, and I know most team meetings you'd be sitting down watching a, a video on, on what to do and what not to do, um, players would want to take heed of, of that information and, and really look out for it. But you... You cross the white line, you get in that yeah. moment. It's it's a footballing thing, but you do have to be very, very careful. I know what's going on enough, and I can categorically state that, that someone from Collingwood blasted him and told him to basically, yep. we can't afford you being suspended. You've got to be better than that. Absolutely. Yes, uh, to watch and see on that one, but um, I'm hope hopefully we don't get too many of those incidents this year, and, and let's just... Fingers crossed. And I thought Braden, I thought Bruce was a little bit lucky, yep. but I thought the player, the opposition player, contributed to that more mm-hmm. with a, with a jump. Yep. and that. So I can see that one. A you've got little to take it more. into yeah, yeah. You've got to take it into account as yep. to what what's happening. Yep. All right, mate. We move on to the cricket. Uh, the Redbacks they ran into an absolutely red hot WA team, but really didn't help themselves along the way either. We started well. with our one for twenty six in the tenth. There'd been uh, – so Johnson got Philippi out in the first over. There'd been a close LBW against Bancroft. They could have been two for 13, mm-hmm. and it would have been game on completely different. But yep. South Australia's fielding – mate, if Henry Thornton's under a catch to save my life, can you make sure you organise the wake and have a decent wake? Because he, he cannot catch. Absolutely Fair Embarrassing. Call. Yeah, fair call. Especially oh. at that level. Yes, it's not the top echelon national representation, it's but cricket. it's first class cricket. Exactly it right. It was absolutely pitiful. Unfortunately, yes. 389, the Sandgropers uh, set us, uh, which was always going to be a pretty mighty target, and all bowled out for 206. Uh, 207, yeah. yeah. Look, they started well. Kelvin Smith came into the side at the last minute, his first game for the year. Uh, Jake Carter did a hamstring in the warm up. Different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, quite at cricket, so that's yep. different. But look, I'm a Kelvin Smith fan. Yep. I've made my point there. I still think he's South Australia's best opening batsman, so I'm really hoping he plays the last Shield game and uh, proves a point. Well, most WA team, sorry, most one day teams, international one day teams, would have struggled with WA's lineup as well. I mean, that's the other thing. Well, you just go through who missed out. Yeah. Cartwright, Paris, um, you know. It's just been incredible. Like the last Shield game, Turner, Philippi, and Stoinis missed out in their last Shield game. So there, there is an obscene depth over in WA at the moment. And look, if I was South Australia, there are a couple I would target. There. Mm-hmm. I'd very happily see Turner captaining our side, and I'd have Philippi here in a heartbeat to be the second keeper after Kerry. Yeah, maybe a bit of a call upstairs to the sacker and see how you go, mate. Obviously, WA have set down this path of of uh, promoting their younger players, and and do you think SA sort of in that sort of track at the moment, or heading towards it? Maybe we need a couple of younger guys to come through, like Patrick Page from Teacher Gully looked a couple of years ago to be a youngster, and he hasn't really kicked on. Kelvin Smith, but sort of got discarded ridiculously early, and he's still only twenty eight, twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Um, He's one, obviously, thing. You know, Drew Drew makes a hundred last last game last year, and then doesn't play round one this year. I thought was extraordinary. So, mm-hmm. confidence is a wonderful thing. If yeah, the coaching s- group or a selection 
shows confidence in you, it makes a huge difference to the way you attack your game. There's been some uh, interesting selections, to say the least. Uh, and... Just to finish off, mate, uh, it was a great thing that SA did make the final, um, especially we needed a, a little bit of hope, obviously, from the Redbacks. But did you see any, do you see anything that we can run differently with the, um, with the one-dayers for the state, state leagues? It's a hard one. I'd, I'd like to see probably more games earlier yeah. than that. Um, like, I admit, this week, they're playing, I'm talking Adelaide turf level, but they're playing 2020 finals now. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on, it's dark. Yep. Too early, yeah. There's some been some strange things in that way. I think the programming could be better. Look, I'd love to see far less. Um, you know, I'd love to see more uh, importance put on Sheffield Shield yep. than the Big Bash. But as we know, that won't happen. Oh, it's a money spinner, mate. Unfortunately, yep. and that's the way it goes. Yep. All right, mate. We'll leave the cricket there. We'll we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back shortly. You're listening to the Game On podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Continuing our fell theme for this week, um, St Kilda blame human error for some leaked audio. Just wow. Just a bit embarrassing. Wow. Really. Um, yeah, bizarre, unprofessional. Yeah, human error, but is it, yeah, it's strange. Is it common, though, that clubs are recording their coaches, or is that more of a... Playback, see how we can improve oh, KPIs. I, I don't know. It's yeah, it it's is really different. weird when you see it. You go, well, hang on, what's going on there? Different. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I admit I don't get it. And it got sent to every AFL club, and they all had access to it for about an hour. So, whether some clubs accessed it or not, or whether they didn't know it was there, and 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 they were able to Put it this delete way, it straight I guarantee, away. I'll guarantee a few clubs would have seen it, so therefore every club would have seen it by now. Fair enough. Um, Essendon Great comes out and calls players mentally soft. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think it was it was, uh, it was honest. Yep. You know, um, and I'm sorry, there was a game last year where Parker got stuck into a couple of um, – from Sydney. Mm-hmm. Luke Parker got stuck into merit and a couple for uh, for not being physically – Tough enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, you got to wear it a bit as well there. Mm-hmm. Um, Do we see Essendon changing that this year? Wait and see. I'm not sure in their list Scott, is capable of doing that. No, but Scott is a pretty fiery yeah. guy in general. Um, you'd have to say there'd be a little venom there at some stage, and I'm sure he's going to have a spray somewhere within the first five rounds. Yeah, you can't see him keeping his cool if they no. start struggle. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Totally agree. All right, mate, the big one that we've all been waiting for. Let's go for our top eight predictions. Let's go for the cert. Let's go for who we think yeah, is certain. This is how I, how I yep. approached it as well. And we had a, a a brief chat before we started, and we're we're sort of in agreement that basically we've got a we're going to break it into three sections. We've got the ones we think can make it. We've got the ones that we think might make it, and then we've got the ones that we can, they cannot make it. So I, do you I, want to start with I've personally top got, to bottom or bottom to top? We'll start at the top. I've okay. got I've got five teams that I can't see yep. missing the eight. Brisbane, Sydney, Geelong, Melbourne, and Richmond are my five that I can't see missing. I can't disagree. I've got Ge- Geelong, Sydney, Melbourne, Richmond, and Brisbane. So yeah. um I think we're all in agreement there. I think their programs are you know, pretty well established now, and we know what brand they're going to come with, and they're just going to do it slightly better this year or slightly different this year. 
I'm also a bit of a fan of teams who've lost the close games the year before, which was Richmond, mm-hmm. tend to rebound the, that, and it tends to work a bit the other way, mm-hmm. which I see, therefore, why why I haven't got Collingwood as an absolute set. I'm in the same boat as well. I, I look at look at that as well. Uh, what about your might-be's or could-be's? Collingwood, Carlton, Port Adelaide. Okay. So I've got my could-be's. Uh, yes, that's what I was going to say too. I've got my could-be's as the Western Bulldogs, Carlton, Collingwood, Frio. Yep. Um, I've got a couple more in that area that uh, and Port Adelaide, actually, and Port Adelaide, uh, that I think could be in that area there. And the ones that sit just below that, that yep. could surprise a few, are probably Adelaide, Gold Coast, and possibly St Kilda. But injuries are starting to kill them early. Yeah, I think injuries have caught yep. up already. Yeah. So I, I sort of, I'm holding on St Kilda, but I think uh, Gold Coast, Adelaide, and, and Essen could be the ones that could shock a couple yeah, if it all goes yeah. right. It yep. has to all go right. Yeah. Yep. And, look, it is time Gold Coast made it mm-hmm. everything. So, you know. Their stats time, add up. You know, so I tell you what, the Frio Gold Coast is a huge game in the, in the gather round at the home of football. So, yeah. Yes, uh, that is going to be an interesting one. Very, very interesting. All right, who are your non, can't, can't make it, can't see them making it? Hawthorne. Yep. Uh, North Melbourne, yep, and West Coast. Yep, I've got, I've got GWS in that in that boat as well. Yeah, probably, but I just still think on their youth, they're an, they're an outside outside. Okay, so they're sort of in my middle group that yeah. could surprise a couple if everything goes right. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. Yep. Um, North Melbourne, West Coast, Hawthorne, and I had GWS, but I think you're right. They're just on that borderline. Yep. So I'd probably put St Kilda down in that because of injuries. Yeah. Um, and then maybe GD, GWS comes up as well. So fairly similar. Yeah, we'll, we are. We'll, we'll keep a recording of this here and we'll play it back, obviously, as the, the year goes on. But I, I can't see too many surprises from that list at the moment that is going to take the game and change it dramatically. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think so. Uh, what about minor premiership? Who, uh, who are you sort of leaning towards for that at the moment? Because I've got a three-way race for it. Yeah, I've I've got two, I've got I'm um, yeah I'll go to three way as well Brisbane Melbourne or Richmond. Yeah. Oh, you going Richmond? Yeah. Ooh, very very good. I'm going um, Brisbane Geelong and Melbourne. Yeah, I just think Geelong after you finish the season late and all that. Yep. I'd be surprised, and their age. I'd be surprised if they were minor up. I st- I still think they'll be top four. I think they're going to be a know. momentum team, a bit like Richmond were a couple of years ago, where you know they'd done it two years in a row or two out of three years. Took a little bit to get started for the year, and then as that momentum built, they were just irrepressible. And I think Geelong are going to be a bit in that boat. Yeah, I admit we I did have a chat to T Harley about that on the weekend, and he his thought process about that that yes, while Sydney were very disappointing on the day, he thinks the Geelong that Geelong team in mm-hmm. time will be remembered as one of the better better ones of the modern era, yep. which I thought was interesting on that way as well. And obviously they were quite a young team too, so yeah. they sort of got them at the wrong time. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yep. Uh, what about uh, Brownlow Medal? You got a couple of predictions for a Brownlow Medal? I'll go Bontempelli. Yeah, I've got him on my list and as well. Clayton Oliver, Petrarca. I've got Petrarca. They, they, those two are pinching votes off each other. Yep. Oh, look, Cripps is obviously a chance again. Still waiting for him to be suspended from last year. <laughs> or 
sort of stuff up that was. Hey, come on, don't, um, don't, don't plug the cold, yes, guys, mate. Yes, come on, yes. <laughs> we need something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, look, and you'd think probably Dunkley and Ashcroft arriving that they might pitch votes off each other with New, with Lockie Newell. So, yep. yeah, I'll, I'll go out. I'll go... I'll go the Bont though. Okay, I'll go. I'll go my top three. I got Bond and Pelly. Uh, I got Brayshaw. Yes, can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. And uh, I reckon Cripps might back up. Yep. Yep. Um, but then I've got rose coloured glasses on Van Carlton. So if I had to take anybody else out of that, I'd have to say Lockie Neal. Yep. I think pretty solid contributor. Uh, what about the Coleman, mate? I'm a Charlie Kerno fan. Um, yep. But him, will him and Mackay against each other? Maybe. Um, but I, you know, I, I think it's really hard. There's not, there's probably not a, there's no one jumps out and hits you no. in terms of full forward wise. You know, if Danaher from Brisbane got a full year, but you can't bank on that. Yep. Lynch, Lynch from Richmond's obviously a big chance, big chance. But again, will his body hold up mm-hmm. as well? Yep. Um, if I'm forced, I'm going Kerno from Lynch. Okay. Well, I've got uh, Hawkins, Cameron. Uh, Kerno, but my Smokey, being that it's a pretty good forward line, is Darcy Fogarty. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I just um, look. I think Hawkins Hawkins is in, misses the start of the year, and I reckon yeah. he's a little bit not sure how many he's going to miss. Yep. You know, hang on. He had that injury in last year's finals, and it's still not right now. So who's to say yeah. that he's not going to miss the first five or six? Yep. And you're just not sure how how they'll use Jeremy Cat. Cameron, mm-hmm. because he's so good on ball and that floater that they'll probably use him there as well uh, with a needs basis. And maybe Henry even ends up playing full forward a yep. bit more. So that sort of great player, Cameron, arguably probably the best forward yep. overall in the game, but yep. I'm just not sure he'll spend enough time close to goal for yep. them. Can someone like Nat Fife win, win, a, win a Coleman? Obviously moving, transitioning out yeah, of the midfield. Yeah, he now picks up if he plays forward predominantly. He picks up a back backman, whereas before he was the floating, floating forward off the midfield. And look, yeah, unfortunately, you can't. Yeah, you know, I'm not backing his goal kicking with your with your pants on, let alone mine. No. So, you know, I, I wouldn't back that. No. So. Fair enough. I, I think my Smokey's Fogarty. Yeah, I, I think the delivery. Well, he seems to be on a real confidence uh, at the moment. I think Tex. Now, this is the interesting thing about Texas. He's hung around for a year or two extra. That has benefited Darcy Fogarty in a bit like we were talking before in Gunston coming in and directing traffic a little bit and you know, sort of keeping players in certain areas to open up fat side for, for, for another player. And, yeah, I think he's going to benefit from it dramatically. Yeah, look, and Tex is still a great organiser. Look, hopefully he'll go better than he did on Tuesday night. Tex, uh, yep. unfortunately, the crow side went out, went <laughs> yep. down. Tex, Tex did get out first ball. Um, one guy for Jets Cross took five for 15, all five bowled. So there was certainly no doubt on any of his dismissals. They were really having a go. Uh, and my last one for the AFL, mate, who is your premiership prediction, pre-season premiership prediction? Let's put it that way. I'll go Melbourne-Brisbane grand final. Melbourne. I go Melbourne-Brisbane grand final also, but Brisbane winning it. Yep, that's fine. There you go. Fine. So we'll keep this one and yes. we'll play it back. Yep. All right, we move on, mate. We'll uh, we'll stick with the footy. Uh, SNFLW, season underway. Yeah, look, and it's it's been a really close comp. Like Nord have, Nord have lost all three games. I think it's a combined 
total, I think, yes. 10 or 11 points. 11 points, I think it is. Yeah, you know, and they were 10 points up with 92 seconds to go last week. So that was, you know, but to Central's credit, they kept that up. Probably also a case where the 666 and the anti-density rules come into play yep. kept the team in the game. Because previously, 10 points up, they just would have stacked the back line. You can't do that. Yep. So, you know, that's a situation where the rule works. Uh, happy International Women's Day for yesterday to to all the women out yes, there that, very that much could so. be listening. Um, yeah, I think Nord have been a bit stiff, but um, they seem like the system's working really well. You were at the first game. I had a bit of a look online uh, on the second game. Systems and procedures look pretty good. I think it's just a matter of a couple of key moments that will turn things around. Oh, look, I think it's a, it's a good competition overall. Southwest Adelaide went right down to the wire as well. Um, Probably the surprising one was Sturt went down by about four goals yep. against Glenelg. Uh, but overall, it's been a very even comp. I admit I'm uh, I'm in the commentary box for the uh, Sturt-West Adelaide game at at uh, Hisense Arena, <coughs> Richmond, on Sunday. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Fantastic. All right, we'll stick with the SNFL. We'll have a little bit of a club preview of a couple of clubs over the next couple of weeks, but we'll just do one tonight. Uh, we'll have a look at the Adelaide Crows to start with. Unfortunately, and I don't mean to be pedantic on it, totally depends on injuries Yep. at AFL level. If if the Crows don't get too many injuries at AFL level, they'll finish top three SNFL. Yep. yep. If they get injuries like Port did last year, they'll fall away. Yep. Uh, and it, it really I, I is think that it's, simple. It's hard to argue with that because we've seen it previously that uh, injuries do sort of cost those SNFL teams. Yes, they're... They're an AFL reserve side that is using top-up players. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to be in the top five this year once again. I think their fitness uh, under Darren Burgess is going to be a lot better than what it was 12 months ago. And um, if they can stay healthy, you're right, they're going to be a, a bit of trouble and they could be the first AFL reserves team to win an SNFL premiership. Oh, look, you know, it was, let, I will be honest, uh, let's say when the team sheets came through last year and El Peddler was a laid out for Adelaide, we weren't exactly shattered as, uh, as Relix. Well, from what we've seen this year in the uh, AFL trial games, uh, geez, he looks like he's going to be a gun this year. He can play. Absolutely. I don't see him spending too much time no. in the SNFL this year for sure. All right, mate. Nord Oval to showcase AFL football. Does this enhance Nord's standing in the SNFL? I think so. I, I admit I was pretty surprised last night with a, a thing on what's your, you know the best ground at SNFL level wise, and so many a lot of you know, I think people just went to their club, and I think the likes and dislikes for that club came yeah. to play because a lot of people had Nord last, which is just that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think Nord's Nord's the best SNFL oval yep. in terms of I, I think on that for me the big one I want. He's undercover seating. If it's a chance to get wet, uh, a rainy day, you know you can get a seat at Nord. Yep. Now, you can't guarantee that at any other ground. Yep. Port so, Adelaide, maybe. That's a North Adelaide a touch. Yeah, to that's, some extent. Yeah. That's a little bit more, um, a little bit more who's a member, that yes. side of thing. Yes. Where Nord, you've got the grandstand at the parade end, anyone can sit at. Yep. So, you know, for me, that's big. Plenty of toilets at Nord. Yes, a couple of them need, especially down the Roger Woodcock end, needs yes, fixing up. Northern end. Um, but overall, you know, they're currently two 
changing the cantina, which I personally thought was no problem at all, but they're making it more like the Adelaide Oval one. You walk in, mm-hmm. walk out. So I can see that. Mm-hmm. And you've got the barbecues there at all grounds. Look, I'll say West Adelaide have got the best barbecue. I will yep. be fair at hey, Richmond there. there so go. I'm showing my, yep. Yep. you know, that I'm not I haven't just been to Richmond Oval there. for a couple of years, so yep. might have to get down there for a snag. So out of that, but I do think, yeah, it does. Look, the, the, the lighting, it had to be ignored because of the lights. Mm-hmm. No other SNFL ground. Yep can do that with the lights. And that was how the flexibility needed. So there had to be two games at Nord. I, I thought that was just a no-brainer. Yep. I, I always thought Nord. Totally agree. The, the reason I bring it up is I actually read a report from the AFL that there was an AFL um, person that came out to a couple of games last year. Absolutely loved the, uh, the ground. This was on the basis that the gather round may happen. Yes. So there was a little bit of reconnaissance there. and. He was highly glowing that, you know, you're so close to the action. Obviously, the dimensions of the ground lengthwise are very, very similar. It does have a unique um, narrowness to to the ground, the grandstand being almost on top of the players a little bit. Um, It's just got that local suburban feel about it, and it is quite a unique ground. And like you said, undercover seating is a bonus. Um, You know, they've done a lot of work on the surface itself. Uh, replacing of the lights was was vital to that. Yes. Uh, the advertising banners around the uh, the oval, um, very very interesting as well. That, that I think they done use that. that too much. Yes, I will say that. Yep. I don't. I think their colouring's still not right. Mm. Um, you can actually lose the ball. I will say that the yep. first uh, game of the year, the women's game, when we were when I was sitting up in the parade end grandstand that you did lose the ball sometimes. So I'd like to see them not change it so often. Yep. And, yeah, I, I think there's still got to be tinkering and it's got to be turned down. Absolutely. And the, and the lights, obviously, was a, a big bonus as oh. well. And then the Wolf Plus Centre that's uh, currently sort of just topped off Nord as having that little bit of modern facilities with the the old school facilities and grandstands that just make it look absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, I just thought it was Nord by space. <laughs> I, so, I, I think anyway. you're right. Um, and again, favourite grounds uh, that I've, that I've been around to and, and played on uh, quite uh, well, all of them actually. I'd have to say my second favourite is probably Alberton, uh, but that's a Nord Port thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind Sturt when it was dry, when it was wet. It was an absolute bog heap, um, but. Fantastically run facilities out at, at Unley Oval. Uh, you've talked about West Adelaide. I haven't been there for a couple of years. Um, Centrals obviously do their thing quite well out at, at Elizabeth there. And, and South Adelaide, uh, you know, building a whole new club there back in the early 90s. I will say... Makes a big difference. I've umpired on every suburban ground. And I Richmond Oval was my, was my favourite. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't too small. You could have situations at Nord and Unley where... Because of the sheer, you're on top of each mm-hmm. other as another it's umpire. It's hard to move. Easier as a one yeah. umpire almost than a two or three. Yep. Where I thought Richmond size-wise and the turf back years ago, we are going back a fair while, mm-hmm. it was great to run on as well. Yep. Just a bit of a side note to that, with the AFL obviously coming there for the gather round. Four umpires on a small ground. Yeah. That's going to be a very interesting... Are we going to see like a marked improvement of umpiring decisions... Because it's so tight, they're just going to call everything that they see. It's a worry that it could get very over umpired. Is, is yeah, that's that's probably what I'm what I'm alluding to. Um, look, I'm a, I'm a fan of um, the three umpire system as an umpire, and all umpires say this privately. Doesn't work. Mm-hmm. All it is is effectively the one umpire system, where the one umpire runs like a rabbit while he's on the in the centre square, and then swap over. 
If we could get the connection sorted out, the switchovers, mm-hmm. four can work better than three, but mm-hmm. I've yet to see it. Yep. And I hate this bit of the umpire being out by the boundary line. The, whoever thought of that idea because they're worried about player collisions, mm-hmm. it's bullshit because yep. it doesn't matter where you are. You could be Usain Bolt, and if there's a switch across the ground, you, there's no way in the world you, you can be in the right spot. Yeah. And we see umpires guessing. And Classic was the last minor round game, Nordwest last year, where Jack Herg had a free kick paid against him. Mm-hmm. When they actually saw it again, he was the one in front. It was just a total guess. Yeah. So... That's, anyway. that, for me, is the worry. Very interesting. And, yeah, like I said, just a bit of a side note question without notice there yep. that uh, it could be very interesting that it, it could be over-umpired or it could be completely under-umpired. Or they might make a meta- modification for that round in, in only having three umpires yep. on the ground. So I, I think the AFL got to look at that, um, certainly for that game, because it is uh, slightly odd dimensions that they're not going to be used yeah. to, that's for sure. Yeah. Interesting. Agreed. All right, mate, we move on to soccer. What a fantastic win by Adelaide United. Was it ever. And the was roar when we got the last goal yep. was, uh, yeah, really reverberated. You could you could actually hear the emotion, you know, just on uh, the broadcasting side with just listening to it, let alone being there. Yep. Um, no, nah, fantastic. It was so. a game that we set our uh, sights for, you know, the... Unfortunate game the week before against Melbourne Victory, yeah, where, where we sort of got it, yeah, yeah, sort of got a little bit taken away from us. Gee, we came out all guns blazing, and four two is a great result against top of the table uh, Melbourne City. No, they look they're playing exciting, exciting uh, football soccer. Mm-hmm. They're scoring plenty of goals. You can argue there's a few too many being scored against. Well, them. and I've got that down on my yeah. run sheet that you know at the moment they've only got a goal difference of plus four. Um, uh, second place team is plus 10 and yeah. plus 17 for the Melbourne City as well. So, yeah, you don't want to be leaking too many goals in the game of soccer, that's for sure. Well, it, it effectively really means we're another point behind. Yeah. Because if we finish even, we're going to fin- finish behind yeah. on goal difference. So, yep. Yeah. yeah, very, very interesting that uh, when I did the stats on that, that uh, we were leaking goals a little bit, but we're also scoring plenty at the yeah. same time. So it's a... Bit of the yin and the yang at the moment. Yep. But uh, Newcastle Jets, we play this week away and then obviously back at um, Cooper Stadium the following week. Uh, got to consolidate this uh, good run at the moment as well. Yeah, just, you know, they're a young side, predominantly from Adelaide. You know, full hats off to Colvier and yeah. Adelaide United in yep. that regard. So, yeah, you can't, can't help but be impressed. Now, mate, we haven't touched a lot on the EPL. No. Uh, in all our episodes so far, but I think we have to now. What a bizarre result. 7-0. And it was 42-minute mark. It was even. Nil all at 42 yep. minutes. So, yeah. Yes. Um, Absolutely crazy result. There's a lot of people saying this will be a game that will be remembered for 100 years. Oh, look, it, yeah. In terms of it's just such a bizarre scoreline. I admit I haven't heard from my son this week about it. Uh, Daniel's sort of a, <laughs> he's gone missing in action as a United supporter. Yeah, well, I haven't heard from too many of them myself either. Yes. Unbelievable result, though. 7 0. Oh, that's it's a, incredible. That's, at, you know, that, at, that's at, at, at Premier League level. It's extraordinary. You know, that's at least the equivalent of that magnificent number of 119. You know, when Port went down in the, mm-hmm. you know, the grand final where it was a cliffhanger at the opening bounce in yep. 2007. Yep. Crazy, crazy things. Yes. Uh, the EPL's pretty open at the moment, but I think um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this uh, affects them going forward, Man- Manchester United. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I actually hope Arsenal end up winning it. I'd love to see a change of the guard, not mm-hmm. just 
Man City again. Mm-hmm. Look, who knows what's going to happen? Chelsea to the, around the mark as well. So yeah, it'll be interesting what happens. The potential penalty still to Man City. Yep. We've got to wait and see in that regard yep. on the fair play side of things. So there's there's plenty of things to happen there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, mate. We're going to take another quick break. We don't have a guest with us tonight, but we've just had to record a touch earlier, and we did have somebody lined up, but we'll get him. On. In yeah, a look, of weeks we time. did have Peter McIntyre lined up because, mm-hmm. in terms of, we had talk, spoken about, you know, the Sheffield Shield with South Australia held on, yes. held on. So I did have Mac line up, but unfortunately, you know, with other things have happened this week, we yep. had to record earlier than normal. Yep. So. Um, and Mac is away next week, but we will get him on at some Absolutely, stage. and we want to talk about that famous Redbacks win that we did in our flashback segment a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I did tell him I wanted a description of every ball. We're going to get it. So. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy Days. We'll scoot into the happy days for today. Happy birthday this week to Lockie Shoal. Yeah, look, I I, I like him. I'm a, been a bit bemused how he's fallen out of favour at Adelaide yep. because he actually can. He actually has got a good leg. Oh, has he ever? Which I think's a real weakness at Adelaide. Yep. So yeah, I hope he does establish himself again because yep. yeah, I've I've been yeah considering where Adelaide have been, I I just shook my head in disbelief at some players who are picked in front of him last year. Yep. So yeah, uh, played thirty eight games in four seasons. Um, mm. How important is he to Adelaide's continual improvement? Uh, but finding a spot for him on the wing, that's... I think he could be important, but not if they don't play him. Yeah. I love his speed. I just remember during the pandemic years when obviously footy was on TV pretty much every day of the, the week there for, for quite some time and, and we didn't have too much other to do than watch it. Yep. He was lacing out guys off that wing and going at flat-out speed. I just can't understand why Adelaide hasn't found a spot for him. The only thing I can think of is that it's his defensive pressure. Yeah, it's got me a bit, mate. So two-way yeah. running, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Very interesting. Um, this week, cricket. Rod Marsh bowls ten overs for fifty-one runs in a very dull draw against Pakistan. I had to look twice at this. Yeah, every Rod player Marsh bowled, bowling. Every player bowled. Unbelievable. Um, it was yeah, just going on and on. <laughs> and I think Marshy tried to say, "Well, hang on, I want at least more than the one token one over because mm-hmm. I want to try and get a wicket." Yep. But, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was 500 odd each side, and yeah, basically they'd still be playing. <laughs> I, I really did have to do a double take thinking I'm either dreaming this no, or I, no, someone I... slipped something in my drink last night at bowls because it was uh, it was an odd statistic that came up, and I went, hang on, Rod Marsh bowling 10 overs? No, I admit I can, I can remember that. I can say that I am showing my age. Crazy. Uh, for the ones that want to watch it on YouTube, go for your life. <laughs> yeah, good cure for insomnia. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, mate, uh, this week uh, in 1986 uh, tennis, uh, Martina Navratilova actually becomes the first player to earn $10 million. Bit of a drop in the ocean compared to what they do these days. Yeah, almost like loose change what's in the glove box compared to now. It's just insane, isn't it? Um, yeah. She's an all-time champion. That's probably the easiest way to put she's, it. She's on that Mount Rushmore that yeah. we talk about quite yeah. regularly, but I think she's Probably just slightly elevated on that yeah, on that at so. the moment. Uh, always comes up in my research, and this one was an interesting one considering the amount of money that's uh, thrown around in a yeah. lot of these professional sports these days. And yep. you know, she was there at the beginning of professional sport, especially in the female era as well. Yes, yes. Mate, cricket, uh, a bit 
near and dear to our hearts, 87, David Hooks and Wayne Phillips, guest of ours, yes. who will tell us about his exploits. But this one here made the, made the grade. Hooksy and Phillips make a stand for SA, 462 runs. Hooksy, 306 not out. Um, Flipper was 260-odd. Yeah, basically they could still be batting too. Yep. Um, we declared and won that game very early and there's been a bit of a joke that Hooksy declared too early and they could have put on 700. So. Yep. Yeah, it was... Uh, 306 not out is a pretty fair effort. And you mentioned Marshy there. Well, David Boone bowled a lot for Tasmania in that innings as well. Wow, there you go. Um, yeah. I did not know that. Yes, he, uh, he was in danger of, of damaging pickets more than... Uh, middle of the bats and pickets were going off Booney in that game. And, yeah, it was. I, I was there for yep. part of that partnership. And, yeah, it was... It was pretty incredible to watch. Was that one of the ones you uh, talked about with uh, sticks that um, you uh, you'd go away, go to the the bar, go to the bathroom, come back? You sort of knew they were yeah, still going to be there. Yeah, you could have gone away for a week and they still would have been there. That <laughs> gotcha, day. gotcha. Yes, yes. I might I might have to try and find some footage of that one. I, I dug pretty deep in my research, but not that deep. So Booney Bowling, interesting, yes. uh, mate. And this week, two thousand and twenty-two, um, the Major League Baseball after a ninety-nine day lockout. Um, the MLB Players Association reached a collective bargaining bargaining agreement which allowed them to still play a full 162-game season. It's mind-boggling, too, what they do earn, and mm. you still can't work out how you can pay that much out. How do you get that much income yep. to still make and it you, back? And you've got private owners as well. It's, it's mind-boggling. It is, absolutely. Uh, interesting that, you know, the... the most professional sports, the the ball is always moving, or the goalposts are always moving. Um, very interesting that it took ninety nine days to to sort this one out. Yeah, just it's just it's not sport really. It's you know, um, it's it's hard to comment on in that way. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Extra time, big finish. And mate, we had a bit of fun last week with a bit of the toss up and who who do you who do you choose? Uh, so we're going to do it again this week. Obviously, with the AFL season only ten or nine days away, um, I've got a toss up here. Port Adelaide and Brisbane. We talked about it earlier. Round one. Who you got? Look, I, I think it's just almost too hard to go against Brisbane at this stage. I know it's here, so that means Port are a big chance. Mm-hmm. But I, at this stage, I'm going Brisbane, which I've always been. If I, if fifty fifty, you go the home side. Well, in this case, I can't make fifty fifty for Port. Even though I dismiss trials, mm. I just think adding adding Dunkley, Ashcroft to Debu and Gunston. Mm. That yeah, that's that's pretty hard. So it'll yeah. For me, it's Brisbane. Yeah, and I just for the sheer reason that I think Brisbane have got their deck chairs in order at the moment. Yeah, and it's hard to argue with that. But I'm still say once. Once the real season starts, it's a new season. Just to finish off on this one, what is the fallout for either of these teams if they lose round one? Because really... No, I'm not going round one fallout. Yep. Yeah, I think that's too early. If Port lose 30 minutes after that game, they'll be close to burning down Alberton if, if he loses. Oh, look, it's it's hilarious they're, they're, the way they carry on, but I still think that's too early. But look, I think if it's after round four or five, and if they're not five... Yeah, then then I think he's in trouble. Port Adelaide have got Brisbane round one, Collingwood round two, the Crows in round three. I can't remember round four, but then they've got the Western Bulldogs. So they've 
It's not an easy draw right. at all. If if they if they lose their first three and get beaten by Adelaide, I'd say Sayonara. Yep. Uh, I think um, Fagan's got a little bit more runs on the board as far as well. They've that just goes. signed him on for two more years, and I think they're going to be uh, again. As the season goes on, they're going to get better and better and better as well, especially with those add-ups. Now, who have you got? South or Central? Okay, so SNFL, we're going to toss between the SNFL yeah. and AFL. Who have I got? Who finishes higher? I am going to say South Adelaide. So am I. Yeah. Yep. I just think South have built on the last couple of years, have been around the mark. Centrals are in a bit of a rebuild phase. They, they're going to... Look, they were okay yeah. last, last week, week against Nord, yeah. but they've got that, so many new players. Yep. You know, players. Um, it was great to catch up with a previous guest on the show. Johnny Wynn was over from Perth, mm-hmm. so it was great to catch up with 2-8. Yep. Um, amusing as always. He did walk up to me with a white hat pulled right down. I'm thinking, who in the hell is this? And then <laughs> I picked Winnie's voice and gone, you bloody idiots. Yep. So, yes. That dry yes. sense of humour yes. coming yes. through very once again. So, very much so. Um, so, no, I'll, I'll have South. Yeah, I'll have South as well. Um, yep. All right, AFL, we'll go back to the AFL. Fremantle or Collingwood, who finishes high? Toss of the coin. I'll go Collingwood. I'll go Frio. Yeah, I look, either, either and case. That's, and that's why, you know, it's a toss-up, and yeah. that's why, why we're here debating it a little bit. All right, my next one for you is uh, Richmond or Geelong? Just purely the way Barmy was, when I was with Barmy, that, Probably as much as I've ever heard him talk up someone new in Toronto. Okay. It's unusual so he's imp- for, impressed? Yeah, it's very unusual for Enbalm to be that that enthused. They have got a few injuries. Both teams with a few injuries early. Toss the coin. I, we'll split it. I'll go Richmond. I'll go Richmond as well. Okay. Yeah, I okay. think, I think again, I think Colin, uh, Geelong sorry, are going to be around the mark. Yes. But I do worry that injury and the length of last season may just catch up with them as the year goes along. And I think Richmond were close enough last year with a few tight losses that they only need to turn around three or four of those and it makes a huge difference. The only thing that works in Geelong's favour is playing down at Geelong. That's where it helps them. that's very true. Playing their, uh, what is it, 11, 10 or 11 games down yeah, I don't in think they've got quite as many as that, but yep. it's still a, it is actually a home ground. Yes, yeah, so that keeps them in the argument, and once again, it's a, it's a flip of the coin, and hence yep. the reason we're calling it a toss-up, mate. Yep. yep. All right, last one. Eagles or North Adelaide, mate? Yeah, SNFL, Eagles or North Adelaide? I think North Adelaide. Yeah, I'm North. But I, again, I think the Eagles are going to be around the mark yeah, too. Yeah, they've picked a few up and look, they had a lot of good juniors last year. Um, be very interested to see how young Welsh goes. That's mm-hmm. Scotty Welsh's son. Yes. I was very, very impressed with commentating him in the 18s last year. Yep. Um, so, and they went top in the 16s, the Eagles. Yep. So they've got, they've got some youth. Absolutely. Uh, I'm and Rome Burgoyne's another one. Okay, keep um, keep an eye out. On memory, I yes. think that's Peters. Oh, Peters, I think, yep. I think, yep. on memory. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think North Adelaide, uh, I think they've recruited reasonably well. A yeah. bit like Nord, those systems and procedures are already in place. Um, you talk about the AFL teams with the Melbourne and Brisbane and Geelong having 
you know, those systems in place that uh, will hold them in good stead. I think North Adelaide are going to be around the mark. It, Damon White's an interesting one. It, it is an interesting one. You know, Recruited as an older recruit. recruit yeah, mm. 34, 35. You know, was playing at um, Broadview yes, last has year. Been Broadview, Broadview yeah. yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. See how his body goes. Mm. Very good. And just a. Off the uh, cuff, without notice, uh, who who do you see winning the premiership this year? We've we've talked about it briefly, previously going. It's going to be pretty tight. But who's your smoky? Maybe the Eagles is the smoky, uh, or Adelaide. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to say North Adelaide. Yeah, I think North and a smoky though. I'm probably rating. No, okay, okay. If you're talking purely smokies, yeah. I reckon Adelaide as well, yep. and and I reckon South Adelaide. Yes, no, we're in agreement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it was who I think's probably going to win it, it's going to be hard to go past a North North Grand Final or a North Eagles Grand Final. Yep, yep. that's probably the where I'm at as well. Yeah, oh, look, I, we're pretty happy at the moment. Yep, um, couple of guys. Not as many injuries. Oh, we've got a few injuries, but we th- we think we're going to have a bit more depth. Yep. So interesting. And just before we finish off, mate, Australia are currently two eighty six. So we'll uh, we'll watch that with interest over the next twenty four hours, and hopefully next Thursday night when we record again, we're uh, jumping up and down with uh, another win in in India. Look, and Jack Saunders got concussed for Nord last week. But we th- uh, there was an ambulance called, and the game stopped for a fair while. Wow. Um, was a fair few. A few concerns on other matters, mm-hmm. but uh, the signs, signs are in terms of everything else seems okay. We'll well, just yep. wait and see after the concussion. I will will, will uh, task come in with Neuroflex to test that? I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. I will give uh, also his due. I was pretty impressed that a couple of his messages were he wanted to go out on the Saturday night. You know, with the sympathy with the female set. So I, I haven't. I've only spoken to him briefly before, but. Yep. Bit of banter with a, a guy was standing who was texting him back and forth it was quite funny. Yep. So yep. yeah, it was good to see he had a bit of character, sense, there. sense of humour yeah. for sure. All right, mate, we'll keep an eye on that one and um, we'll finish up on that, mate. And as per usual, we uh, we promise to do better. We'll make sure we've got a guest next week. We will. Thank you. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCastSA. We'll see you next time on Game On.